welcome to another couple of lattes podcast uh, my name is Jacques Massey and in today's podcast I have the privilege of sitting down via Skype obviously because uh, one he's in New Zealand and two it is quarantine time uh, with Jared Yeowood. Uh Jared let me know if I pronounced your last name incorrectly um, but I first got to know Jared a few years ago actually uh, literally through Instagram, we're both photographers. Um, so through my previous account before, Paolo and I created our account, Massey Bros. And over the years, we've kind of both followed each other's journeys and we've kind of both gone through similar transformations in uh, how we view life and how we view ourselves. Um, and Jared, in today's podcast, shares his full story for the first time to me. Um, and obviously to you guys listening and I'll tell you right now it is mind-blowing what this young man has been through and more mind-blowing is how he's been able to turn it around and refocus his his life essentially turning uh, what he terms uh, what he defines a mess uh, into a message Uh, I really really enjoy this chat with Jared and I can't wait to do more podcasts with him in the future Um, I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did and I hope this helps you convert whatever mess you get yourself into uh, into your own message. Like to get started the topic Mm -hmm. is obviously turn your mess into a message um, sure. which you mentioned the other day when we had a chat and I thought that mm-hmm. was I kind of really thought about the concept I was like man I've never actually heard anyone say anything like that before and mm-hmm. uh, it's quite beautiful really like going from total shit to like helping people and basically telling people it's okay to go through to the shit you know to go through yeah, the crap I, like you get I to the other side even like more than that it, it's it's a part of life so it's for me it's a necessary thing to really uh, lean into those shit times and be present in it Mm. Um, as I have sat there and felt I guess mostly all what we kind of say is negative emotion like loneliness anger fear um, regret all that kind of stuff like sadness like I I don't look at those being negative anymore. I it's when I get to feel those, it actually gets to I guess uh, teach me something about me something I didn't know, or um, it 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 answers a lot of a lot of questions that I've had in life. And so I it's those those times that I've learned to practice um, that they're the moments that will change your life forever. And so when I do see it or if there's chaos or there's drama, I go, this is beautiful. Hmm. Because if I do see it, like, I think there's always something good. So, like, um, there's a guy, Preston Smiles, that, I don't know if you know him, but he, he said this quote. And it's what like, was his um, name? What is Preston? What's that, sorry? What was his name? Sorry. Uh, Preston Smiles. Preston Smiles. Right Check now. him out. He's, like, the man. Um, done a couple of his uh, workshops. He's, like, incredible. And he, um, he just said, what is presently good that I cannot see right now? Mm. And and I think that what we choose to focus on will multiply, and so and I think, but also that we can actually find the good or find something that is brilliant in that I guess dark moment mm. or that sad time, and and it's not to be like oh positive Pete and everything's okay, <laughs> um, but it's 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 I guess changing your perspective on that things are bad. But actually being present, like, it's not good right now, but I'm going to be okay. And that to keep, um, I guess, discovering the gold nugget and what's actually happening in your life. And, um, yeah, and I guess for me it's it's been a lifesaver and I've practiced that. And, I, and for me now it's kind of a... Uh, a habit. Like, yeah, it's a habit. It's just, it just happens in flow. And so, like, a lot of things... I mean, I still, you know, worry about things and things happen. But, like, we're in this time of, like... COVID-19 and I've you know I'm a photographer I've lost all my work and um you know you think oh what what's 
how am I going to pay my bills and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm okay. Like, mm. there's people dying out in the world and I just get, I guess I've learned to practice changing my perspective on my external views and, and knowing that I can still be connected to it but not attached to it. So just attaching from it but still being connected. So you're still in information and I guess like I'm still aware of it but it's not... I'm not connected and holding on to it and letting it affect me. I guess in a way you're accepting those emotions are part of your reality, but you're not allowing them to dictate your life, I guess. Going from yeah. Yeah. Being, in, I mean, being in like yeah. a suffering state yeah, to, to, to a beautiful state where you, where you turn that kind of stuff around. Yeah. Into opportunity, yeah. And I guess. It's, it's messy. Um, I think like it's like we always kind of like, what's your purpose and all this kind of thing. And, and people, I guess, struggle with it. But, like, I guess my purpose is to, to find uh, the messages or uh, the learnings in my life. And, and I guess your, your purpose can unfold through that. Mm. And as you, as you dig deep and, um, you know, I heard this quote, it's like, if you don't go within, you go without. And so looking at your life and what, do you, what don't you have that you would like, but where are you not willing to go within, you know, and go within what I mean, like landing in your heart and not in your head and like really sitting with yourself and, um, yeah, just being really present to what's coming up for you in the moment and, and being like not being hard on yourself. Like I think we're, we're our worst critic, you know, and, um, just, just loving yourself through a a messy time Mm. and just being gentle. Like you would, if someone sat down beside you and you saw someone's gone through a breakup or, um, they've lost their job or anything like that, you would sit down beside that person and have empathy for them. But mm. when, I mean, a lot of times in my life, I don't really show myself empathy or kindness or just love and um, and sit with myself because it's so much easier to help other people than actually be in that space, being actually empathetic to our own stuff and going, hey, like, I'm okay. I'm going to get through this, mm. you know? That's very interesting because you're 100% right. People tend to find it so much easier like infinitely easier to help other people and be empathetic to other people than to do it for themselves which is mind-blowing because when you really think about it there's only one person you spend your entire life with and it's yourself yeah like you get born with yourself you die with yourself like it's you and you so it makes sense to do exactly what you just said anyway jared i was i was thinking um before we get too deep into it because i can feel Mm -hmm that the, the <laughs> tentacles are going out man um maybe <laughs> maybe for anyone listening um yeah if you can just go through i kind of want to find out like your background like just a brief kind of you know this is where i grew sure. up this is what i did this is what i'm into yeah, yeah, sure. and if you can maybe highlight some of the failings that you've now learned from and how sure. those little failings got you to a rock bottom moment which if you're comfortable to talk about yeah, talk about sure. yeah Oh, cool. Um, so um, I was born, and holy uh, shit, I shared, I, <laughs> I shared a womb uh, with somebody else, and that was my twin brother. So I'm an identical twin. Mm-hmm. Um, we look exactly the same. He's seven minutes older than me, um, which is cool because I'm a twin as well. But obviously, my twin is fraternal. Yeah. So like, I found out that like we're miracle babies. Like, yeah. where there's one egg and it splits into two, but oh, you shit. were two eggs. Two eggs, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you're talking to a miracle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, so, uh, I'll, I'll try and, I guess, gloss through uh, my life. Um, my mum, sorry, I have a sister as my older sister. My mum uh, divorced my birth father when I was two, so I grew up without a dad. Um, my mum remarried when I was five, five or six, um, and he cheated on my mum, and then they separated at when I was about eleven. Sure. So a lot of my life uh, growing up without a, uh, I guess, a father figure, um, and also growing up a lot around. Uh, I guess alcohol, we used to own a pub, so drinking culture and all that kind of thing was like our jam, and we'd always see our dad drunk and all that, all that thing, and uh, um, and cut a long story short, um, I was, uh, I thought I was dumb at high school, 
uh, teachers told me that I should leave school and that I'm stupid and I'm just wasting my time and everyone else's time. How did that um, play on you mentally? What's that? How did that play on you mentally? Is how how old were you? Like um, fifteen. Fuck. Yeah. How did that play on your mind? Um, massively, because at the age of sixteen, I actually said I want to be a bum. I just like a bum when I mean like I just want to live on the dole because I'm never going to be good at anything. Mm. Um, I left I left high school at sixteen because school just wasn't for me. Later on in life, when I was about 26, I found out that I was actually dyslexic. And so I, it wasn't actually, I was dumb. They just, nobody picked it up through my whole childhood. And um, I just couldn't read and, and spell and write and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I've learned, learned that kind of thing to cope with that. But yes, yeah, so that massively played on me because um, I thought my whole life I was stupid. Mm. And that uh, academically, that made you somewhat... Um, I guess uh, smart and so you're in that comparison you know you're going through a lot when you're at high school and I just compared myself to everybody so I kind of just got stuck in with sport and I did okay I was doing well in sport so that was kind of my lifesaver and a bit of music Um, yeah so I left school when I was 16 and I became a builder Mm -hmm. so um, I was building for 13 years I'm kind of like going forward and back here Um, and then uh, quit my job. Um, I also got married at uh, 19 years old. Wow. Um, big, big reason for getting married. Uh, I just wanted a family. Um, yeah. Growing up with a dysfunctional family, uh, we moved around a lot. Um, that's all I really desired is just a functional family. And so having that in my life, um, at the age I was at, I was thinking, you know, if I get this, and I'll be fixed, and I'll be good, and I'll be happy, and uh, that didn't that didn't end up so well because that's not the truth. Yeah, right. <laughs> Adding something external to your life. Um, um, so, uh, long story short, my wife cheated on me with my twin brother, um, and wow. oh, and they're now married and have four kids. Um, so my wife is now my sister-in-law. Um, and yeah that was a pretty crazy time because I was like 20, 22 at that stage um, I was living in a city where my family had all moved to Australia my my dad was up north and so I was living in a city where it was just me and my brother my own family uh, at that time I lost all my friends um, I probably had two friends that actually well, stayed friends and I actually had to go and find and make friends mm. and so um, that's how my name was Jay mm. because I kind of I without realizing it reinvented and became, and found a new identity um, it's my initials Jared Anthony Yearwood, um and uh, yes yeah, so I became Jay and everyone what? knew me as Jay two, two questions yeah how is your relationship now with your brother and do you think that reinventing yourself was a way of kind of escaping Um, instead of like we were talking about at the start of the podcast you were saying you know really feeling the emotions and being with them do you think at that stage of your life where you're still really young yeah all that kind of crazy like dude that's insane honestly like wow (laughs) Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to share it, and I was like, oh, I'll just be open. It's all good. Good on you, man. Like, really, thank, yeah. thank you. But yeah, do you think, do you think that uh, that change up of your identity was a way of kind of running away from the problems? Yeah, like, um, so the answer to your first question, um, my relationship with my brother. Um, currently living in the same city with them now. Um, we've talked over the years and we've kept in contact. It's obviously, I guess, very difficult for them, possibly. Mm. Um, but we haven't spoken uh, in about a year and a half. But over the in the like, because I mean, it was like 13 years ago. We have kept in contact and we've seen each other. And you know, I've got nieces, two nieces and two nephews. Um, but unfortunately, at these times, I've just got to make choices for me right now and um, mm. and just. Uh, Yes, just be healthy with my relationship, so very conscious of what I'm choosing in my life. Um, yes, massively, so I guess at the time I wasn't aware that I was avoiding myself. Mm. Um, I look back now coming, and, and I've obviously gone back to my name, Jared, 
Um, I looked back and two things. Yes, I avoided myself uh, because I avoid when I feel like I created a new identity, a new name. Um, I became my own person. Everyone knew me without my brother growing up. Everyone compared me. Well, we got compared the same, you know, at school. I say something, oh, your brother always does, you always say that. I'm like, it's not me, it's my brother, you know, and so, like, always being compared as the same person and then coming out of that and having a whole new life without someone that I was compared to was uh, really different. So I avoided myself without realizing it and I also chose the name Jay because I guess it um, gave me a place to heal Mm. or an identity to heal because uh, a part of me... I, when I look back now, I am Jared. So Jay became, I guess, a doorway or an opening for me to discover who I really am and really take ownership of not just my name, but more what my, what, uh, well, not what, but who, who I really am. Mm. And so um, really owning everything of your life. And I guess I was avoiding a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess avoiding it, but in a way, I think, I think what you've done is really exceptional and, uh, yeah, man, like well done because I think when you go through that kind of stuff, which dude, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy what you had to go through. (laughs) But I think the fact that you were able to notice, okay, like I'm really fucked up at the moment in my identity. Yep. And you were able to go, all right, I need to just find, I need to escape for a while before I can come back and be who I am again. Mm. I think that in itself was probably a good decision because although you've still got more story to tell about your past, I think (laughs) maybe it could have ended a lot worse, you know, if you hadn't kind of taken that step away and escaped for a while. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to commit suicide um, a lot of times. I'm grateful I didn't go through it. Um, Me too, it was a really lonely time um, when you have so much really close with her uh, um, family and that kind of thing and um, they all pushed me away and so like not having a family going through or having I guess support more emotional support um, going through especially at such a young age I mean I thought I was the man at, at that age you know I was a qualified builder I, had my dream car, I had all the money, and you know, I was earning good, good coin and that kind of thing. I thought, yeah, I'm the shit, like I got my life sorted. But it really kind of just revealed as I went through life is that none of that stuff means crap, and um, mm. and it's very temporary. Um, I just used to just spend money on so many things and toys and bells and whistles just to make myself feel good. Um, but it's and I look back and I'm super super grateful for those um, tough moments of um, feeling abandoned, feeling alone, feeling sad and angry um, because the experiencing those emotions has obviously allowed me to discover more of myself, but also be there for other people in a way that I can empathise and and understand and. Knowing that when I've gone through something, I guess, I guess we're you know very tough in my life. I can uh, sit with people because the last thing that I wanted was anyone to come uh, by me and fix me and tell me what I needed to do. I just, um, I all I wanted was someone just to just to be there, just presently, just be there and not tell me or anything, but just be my friend. Mm. And having the support like that, and I had friends that were like that, a couple of friends that were just with me. And um, it massively impacted my life when you got someone that doesn't want to try and fix you and make things right, you know. Mm. They're just able to show empathy and understand. Yeah, and just sit there and be be with you. I think that's been the the greatest gift is that I've learned that I don't. I may have like all the right things to say for somebody, but ultimately, like the biggest gift that you can give to someone is actually walk with them, allow them to find their truth or the answers that they're finding or to the questions that they have because I you know it allows you to take more responsibility because um, if I was just like oh someone told someone so told me just to do that it's like but mm. why did you do it oh because that was what he told me I should do and now look at my life and now I can 
blame it on someone else as opposed to uh, going through and, and digging deep and going, I'm going to choose to do this and whatever the outcome is, I'm going to take ownership of it. And, mm. you know, and ultimately it's feedback for me to change things. Um, but to, be, to take, you know, like powerfully take responsibility in my life. And so I see that as being a gift for somebody else is that, that I just walk with people and all I do is ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, uh, you know, I don't need to, I guess for me, I don't need to tell you what you need to do. You already know what you need to do. I guess uh, I've just learned the skill of just sitting with myself and, and uh, asking questions and, and it just guess, leads me along the way. I think you nailed it on the head when you said take responsibility. I think that's that's one of the... How do I explain it? I think it's something that a lot of people just don't realize is, is such a massive fix in your life is when you're able to take total responsibility of your shit, no matter how bad it is and no matter how many external influences have got you to where you are. At the yeah. end of the day, like you say, you might have other people, sympathizers coming in and saying, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, and then you do it and mm. then you blame someone else and you never really get a chance to sit with yourself and be like, all right, I'm in this mess, what am I going to do about it to get myself yeah. out? And having friends that are empathetic instead who sit there, like you say, and ask questions and just be there. Mm. And I think more importantly, are really honest, sometimes yeah. brutally yeah. so in a kind way, you know what I mean? Where yeah. you'll be like, oh, you know, like so-and-so said I should do this. And if you're a good friend, you'll be like, that's a really bad idea. Like, have you thought about that? You know, like I feel like sometimes you have yeah. to be honest in that position like be there for someone but don't agree with them if you don't agree <laughs> that it's a good idea because yeah, yeah. when you're and in that like, fucked up state it's like you might have an idea and be like yeah this is going to fix all my problems you know I'll yeah. go on a, a week long coke bender and I'll be sweet Yeah, you know <laughs> and it's often it sounds amazing but if you're an empathetic friend someone who can sit there and be like have you really thought this through like yeah yeah. Is this a good idea? <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on, let's 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 actually talk. No, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no, um, but even in, in those times, like I, I didn't really um, drink a lot. Um, I I wouldn't say I became an alcoholic, but it, I mean I drank a lot. So um, that was my life of Thursday, Friday, Saturday was just out drinking, and mm. I was just numbing my my emotions because I wasn't really ready to face the pain of mm. why like the hurt of so much and so I um, yeah just turned to alcohol and and I guess when I when I know that people are doing that um, and I'm in good relationship with them I, I yeah it wasn't the best thing sometimes I guess it was what I needed at that time mm. when it becomes a, a habit or a behavior where it's like mm, you know like I was, you know, like some people become fully addicted to it and not willing to face. That's when it becomes, I guess, a bit of a problem. But I think for me, like I uh, needed just that, to, just to like kind of let go. And mm. and I made friends. Like I would just go out to town. It was random. Like go to town and I'd just make friends in town. And that's where <laughs> literally like Jay started because I found a group of friends and there was already another Jared in the group. Yeah. So I was like, they're like, do you have a nickname? I'm like, yeah, this is my nickname. And literally, that's how my name became Jay. And and, and so, like, there's all these little moments you have in life, and it's like, oh, oh maybe I needed that. Maybe I didn't. And But not getting too attached to it and just going, oh, like, this is cool. And uh, um, I guess looking at the, the, the good things about what happened, you know. Um, yeah. It wasn't healthy for me to go out and drink three nights a week. Hell no. Was it good for me? No way. Did I need it? I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. You know? Well, it's got and you to just, where you are now, so. Yeah, totally. That's what matters, But um, right. going back to what you said about responsibility, I would say that for me, that's probably been my biggest life-changing things. Mm. Um, and because I avoided everything in my life, obviously avoiding my identity and avoiding who I was um, because it was easy. Like, I grew up my mum would run away from things, we moved a lot. Um, and so I just naturally took on that behavioral pattern mm. of what when it was hard, just run away or move, you know. I moved to Australia because mm. I was just running from relationships or 
things that were hard or I just wanted to change and thinking if I moved to a different place it would all change. Mm. Um, and when I started probably in the last maybe two or three years, like looking at my life and going, okay, it's not where I want it to be, what do I need to change? And it's actually just taking ownership um, of everything that uh, I guess has, that I've attracted into my life. and. Mm. As though it's what it's an uncontrollable thing about what um, happened with my um, my wife and my brother, and FYI, they're amazing people and I love them. My brother is an incredible father and an incredible brother and um, incredible husband. And so, like, I only have love for the guy and his mm. wife. Um, so just, just I have no hate or anything like that. I just he's a, he's, a, he's the man. But I. Um, uh, yeah, I just what was I saying? Um, taking ownership, taking responsibility. Yeah, I I had to do it for myself because looking at what was going on in my life, uh, I yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, it was an uncontrollable thing, but in some ways, I, well, not in some ways, but I co-created that. So I had to take responsibility for how I was showing up in my marriage and how I was showing up in my relationship and my friendship with with my wife at the time. Um, I didn't have any good role models or I didn't understand what it was like to be a husband. I never seen that. And so I, in some ways, I had to take responsibility for that. That was really hard because I had a part to play in that. Now, did I tell her to do those things or like, was I, you know, in, involved in that? No, I wasn't. At the same time, I, I had to learn to look at that and go, well, this was part of what I co-created. Mm. And in a relationship, like if I pissed you off or you got annoyed, like I may have said something. So taking responsibility for what I said, mm. but ultimately it's not my responsibility for how you choose to act, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. Take responsibility so, big, for your own actions, but then also... Yeah. I think it's important even if there's external factors influencing your life and you're in real hardship you can let that get you down or you can say alright well what can I control you yeah. know what can I own in this situation yeah totally anyway you, uh, I don't think we've got to the end of your <laughs> your story um, bro so where yeah, are we you're, so you're on you're in was it Brisbane you were in uh well, actually, so I moved to, I was in Sydney, and I was in Adelaide, and I was building over there, uh-huh. um, and um, I was in Adelaide, and I was, I, was, I was in the building industry for 13 years, mm. um, and didn't really enjoy it, I was, uh, I was unhappy, um, and I was just, the culture of the trade is, uh, for me, how I saw it at the time, was just unhealthy and not what I needed, I needed a community. Mm. Um, so I quit my job, came back to New Zealand for four months, um, went to Fiji, married married my sister. I didn't marry, get married to my sister, but I got to do the ceremony, which was quite cool. Sick. So I brought them <laughs> and um, yeah, and yeah, and I just like right, I'm gonna take some time off to just yes, find what I what I want to do. Mm. Went back to Adelaide, um, and I was like, right, I'm just gonna work retail and just chill can pay my bills and figure out what I want to do in my life at the age of 31 yeah um, and so I found a job and I got a job at Lululemon I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with the brand um, yeah. activewear um, like kind of technical fabric uh, for men and women it started off as a yoga brand and it's moved into high fitness um, so yeah I applied for a job there and got it it was a seasonal at Christmas time and then ended up to be a full time job and I got exposed to self development mm. at that um, job and that was uh, five years ago four years ago yeah and um, yeah and that's when I learnt I guess some of these things I guess I'm talking about now and, and but not only that it, it taught me about culture taught me about community and it was everything that I was looking for and, and in that space um, two and a half years ago I bought myself a $500 camera mm-hmm. and started taking photos and posting them and doing bits and pieces like that and I guess that's how we connect today I think you yeah. had like your other Instagram account it was something Kiwi Kiwi with the camera yeah that was a while ago 
Yeah, yeah. So, and then I guess we started following each other. and uh, uh-huh. But yeah, and so I um, was doing photography and, um, and just doing it because it was an outlet for me to be creative and learn and grow and um, people started wanting me to do photo shoots for them and, and I started off shooting like uh, a lot of stuff for Lululemon uh-huh. and like yoga and fitness and that kind of thing and um, yeah I loved it and then I was like right I'm going to quit my job and I want to pursue this full time. And so I took like three, four months just doing that. Had a bit of work when I was in the Gold Coast. That's right. I moved to the Gold Coast at this stage, by the way. Yeah. And um, I was like, right, I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to go on a trip by myself and discover what I would like to discover, which I had no idea what that was, but I was open to, I guess, <laughs> that's so funny, this like, thing about it. I was open to uh, possibility, I was open to change, <laughs> and I was open to, I guess, exploring myself, and yeah. Nick Minette <laughs> <laughs> went, left, left uh, Sydney, I spent a few months with my sister there, and went to America, and I was like, going to go to the States, so I got some friends over there, and then I was going to stay there for like two or three months, and then go to Canada, so I had my flights booked from the States to Canada. And I was like, oh, I might as well stop off in in Hawaii because I got a friend there and it was, was super cheap. So anyway, go on my trip, pack up my life into basically two bags. I've got my camera bag and a backpack. Um, sell everything up back in, at where I was living in the Gold Coast. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go to America. Mm. And the minute they didn't let me in and they thought that I was going to try and live and work there. And so they locked me up in a federal prison overnight. So um, got handcuffed into a van um, and full nude strip suits, bend over, do the cough. Um, Holy shit. Like socks, shoes, underwear, like everything. Um, that was a really interesting experience. Uh, yeah. So it was in the holding cells for like four hours. Mm. And then missed out on dinner, and they gave me a peanut butter sandwich for dinner. Um, and luckily, I had a cell to myself. But that literally, it's like the movies when you know, you see the movies. It's like you got your like two story thing. You've got your Mexicans, you've got your blacks, you've got your Asians, you've got your like gang members. And that I like walked in at that time. I had peroxide blonde hair, <laughs> and oh, I like shit. walked in. And I was like, holy crap! Like it's just real. Like. Yeah, so I, luckily I had a cell to myself and um, hadn't slept in 36 hours, so I was pretty tired and I fell asleep, had two hours sleep and got woken up because uh, they had to do a head count. They got to count, you know, they got to stand at the door, but nobody told me and they came in my room screaming at me. And I was in my cell awake for that whole night um, crying. Um, I was in like mad fetal position. Um, I never in my life had felt so alone. Mm. Um, being in a concrete cold plastic mattress um, you know uh, jail cell (laughs) and like hearing all the locks they turn the locks on and off every 30 minutes so there must be like high security people there Mm. and so they check the locks and you hear and it echoes through this whole building and I just remember crying and just being like like there's no God there's like you're like I can't feel anything like I what am I doing right now? And didn't sleep and then had to catch a plane back to Australia. And Jetstar looked after me, which were amazing. And I uh, got to Australia and they said, sorry, because you've been denied entry into a country, you no longer can live here and work here. So they put me in a detention center overnight, slept for 15 hours and then caught a plane back to New Zealand and got banned from uh, living and working in Australia and for, well, for life and um, got banned from actually visiting the country for a year. And I now have to pay $160 to get a special visa just to go and visit my friends and family over there. And, um, yeah, that was another crazy time. Wow. Did they ever explain to you, like, surely there's some legalities around detaining you for no Uh, reason at all? Yeah, like, I had all my... So, I worked for myself. I had all my... That was my mistake, I think, is that I told them that I worked for myself, that I'm a photographer. 
I had all my gear with me, my drone, my lenses, you know, camera and all that. And I think I just got the wrong person at the wrong time. Um, when I got escorted onto the plane um, by the officer in, in Hawaii, he um, told me, I told him my story and he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. If it was me, I just would let you go on in. And I just think I just got the wrong person. She just didn't like me, just didn't believe me. Went, they went through all my phone and my like laptop and reading all my messages. And they're like, I thought you told me you didn't have kids. I'm like, I don't have kids. And like, who are these kids? I'm like, they're pictures like, of my friend's kids. You know, and so just just didn't believe me. And um, yeah, and I got like handcuffed through the airport, through duty free in Australia. And that was uh, interesting. <laughs> felt like a real criminal when, when for me, I felt like I did nothing wrong. Um, yeah, and came back to New Zealand. So I've been back here for, be coming up my anniversary soon in nearly two years. Wow. And um, yeah, and then had to face anxiety after that for six to eight months, which I never had experienced before. And um, that was crazy. Lost a bunch of weight, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat properly, didn't mm. know what the hell was going on. Every time I thought about my experience and my time in prison, it sounds weird, but in my time in the States or in prison, um, I would, my heart would just just race and it would just keep me up. And I was like, oh, so this is what anxiety feels like. to you know. And uh, so, yeah, I'd sleep 13 hours and felt like I hadn't slept a wink. And, um, yeah. Wow. That's insane, dude. What a story. Man, what's like? What's the go though? Like legally, with this whole states thing in Australia, can is there a way to fight it and say, well, yeah, you have to fight America. And um, I've had friends that have fought stuff in America, and um, I just it's just a lot, a whole lot of money involved, mm. and I'm just. I, I mean, maybe in the future I might, but right now, like I haven't really thought about it. I guess in the last six months, but. I was just more focused on just getting my life back in, into a routine and back into order. So I'm like, mm. I'm not going to really focus on this right now and just, I guess, start life back over again when I've just basically got a backpack of stuff and that's all I have in my life. And I literally had to start from ground zero again. And yeah, wow. um, yeah it was, it's uh, quite hum- a, quite a humbling experience, you know, like you uh, have you know a lot of comparison being at my age i'm 35 and um you know and having your mum on on your case of like what are you doing with your life and why aren't you married and uh why don't you buy a house and why don't you know all this kind of stuff and and the last couple of years i really i guess learned how to disattach from things things actual physical things and letting those things define me and my identity and a reflection of me that a if i don't have money if i don't have a relationship if i don't have things this is not who i am Mm. and actually trying to learn and practice to live through that wow and how's that journey gone from for you since you've kind of hit that zero moment and (laughs) been able to start slowly turning the dial back up yeah yeah it's uh it's it's been great and tough really tough but also really amazing and beautiful and scary. Um, I it obviously been gone through with things with in the past. It's kind of, I guess, given me encouragement and faith that things work out. Mm. Um, and if I didn't choose to go through those things in my younger years, um, I wouldn't have the faith that I have in myself or the trust in myself. Um, but I've just learned, like, I, I found out that I had a really unhealthy attachment to money in the last couple of years, um, that if I don't have money, then my identity was wrapped up in that if I don't have money, then I'm nothing, or mm. I'm useless, or I'm no good. Mm. And so, going from earning, you know, thousands of dollars, you know, and even building and that kind of thing, and uh, to earning, like, nothing... I um, had to really, I guess, dive deep within myself and just ask myself questions like, why Like, why do I need this? Like, what is this actually adding to my life? Like, mm. if I was in front of a person right now, like we are talking, is money what I talk about? Like, is that like, like, do I need to show someone that I can buy something that I'm secure? Like, what is security? Like, what is, what does my life really mean to me? Like, 
and uh, I looked at it and I'm just like, man, like, yeah, it's great having money and, you know, I guess some people say, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. I think it can. It can it can buy you short-term happiness and it can, you know, it can give someone new teeth or hmm. fix a surgery and things like that. But ultimately, money isn't happiness for me. Um, I love money. Uh, I just don't need it. Hmm. And I guess I started looking at my life of actually what do I need and um, like because I guess need for me and need is an, is and is unhealthy like I need to have a relationship or I need to have this job it's like if I don't have it am I still gonna be me mm. you know like everybody here was like go back to building I didn't want to like I could have like and, and earn lots of money, but I just, I was like so committed to finding myself again that I didn't, I like, I didn't want to go back into my identity of like, like I'm good at like just trusting in that, like I've got lots of money and just be okay. I, I actually wanted to take space and time to build uh, myself, well, not build, but actually unpack myself mm. and find uh, like, what can I appreciate in my life right now? Like my mantra basically in my life is need uh, Jesse Elder. He's a, he's a teacher, a mentor kind of guy. This great podcast. And um, he's, he has this thing, his mantra was like need nothing and appreciate everything. And so I guess I looked at my life and I'm still looking at my life and going, why do I think I need this? Like I want everything in my life just to add to me, not to complete me. Mm. And, um, you know, whether it's a relationship, money, computers, cameras, a lens, um, a job. And I just like, I, I, you know, we're in COVID-19 and I guess we're all facing this right now. We're, mm. we're going through, a lot of us have lost our jobs, uh, got no work, been made redundant, got little money. But it's exposing the things that I guess we think we need mm. and do we actually need it. And for me right now in this time, I'm just super grateful for my health. Mm. That's something, that is something that I need because I need to keep breathing, you know. And so I've just, I guess, practiced the appreciation of what you appreciate, appreciates back. And so, um, but the biggest thing is I need to learn, uh, what I had to learn is to appreciate myself mm. more. Because if I can't appreciate how can I let other people appreciate me if I can't appreciate myself? Yeah. And I guess I've applied that, that kind of um, thing in my life for everything, I guess. Love, yeah. kindness, joy. Yeah. And how's that uh, that kind of change in the way that you see life and the way that you see yourself? How's that affected oh, man. you over man, the past couple bro. of years? Like, uh, so happiness isn't just a feeling. It's a way of living. Mm. Um, joy isn't just... Um, something that where I felt joyful like an external thing coming into my life joy is for me it's a thing I can tap into quite regularly um, and moments and just actually not just um, go oh that was so hilarious or funny but actually like feel it like really feel it in my heart and mm. and um, for me I don't know I, st I don't stress out as much uh, worry less um, my relationships have completely changed in the way of like in this last year and a half I've had no drama when my relationships it was all some, always something that has been I guess difficult to um, maintain as healthy relationships and friendships and even with family because I had to learn boundaries um, and that became to appreciate and respecting myself because I just expected other people just to do that when I can actually do that for myself and yeah, I just, I think I, I, I'm now living more in flow rather than like in a flow state rather than a place of like having things in order. I trust myself more. Um, I love myself more. Like I think I'm the fucking man in a, in a humble way. You know what I mean? Not in a cocky way, but like to, I had to look in the mirror and go, you're such a beautiful human. Like look at you, look at look at what you've been through, and I, I have to remind myself sometimes of what I've been through and the adversity that I've faced because mm. you know my life, my whole life has been messy, mm. and you know been able to like I guess you've titled this mess, uh, turn your mess into a message, and I guess my message 
is me living authentically as myself mm. and understanding what is authenticity and not just using it as a buzzword and just going, just be authentic. But what the hell does that look like? <laughs> you know, like, like give me some context, give me some understanding. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still figuring that out um, because I guess when I heal the parts of my pain, that's my authenticity. Mm. When I'm being vulnerable, uh, when I'm being open, when I'm sharing like that, the way that I am, when I'm being honest, when I speak my truth, mm. that is my authenticity. It's nothing about my external. It's nothing about my um, external e- expression in a way like, "Hey guys, look at me! I'm being authentic." Like that kind of thing, you know. Mm. It's it's just me being me, and and I guess I've I've stopped listening to pe- other people, um, understanding that when people tell me that I'm this and that and I'm, I'm, you know, like I've had people tell me, you're not a photographer, you're useless, you're dumb, you're sad, you're depressed, you're an alcoholic. And I just realized that's actually a projection of how they're viewing themselves, they're not willing to look at. And I use that as myself when I used to look at other people, I'm like, like you're a dick or you're jealous, like um, I hate you or look mm. at you, you think you're the man. And that's actually a reflection of myself. Yeah, just your insecurities coming a lot. Yeah, it's all it's all my stuff, and so I've, that's what I've had to learn over the last few years is to appreciate, mm. and in that appreciation, to look at other people and then look at myself. My relationships have changed. I've literally like it's they're healthy. Um, I guess I'm 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 feeling it's real. Like it's not just a. The feeling doesn't last for a few seconds. It's a, it can last for a whole day or mm. up to hours. Joy, and um, and yeah. So I guess that looking at myself is appreciating my life has completely transformed my life, mm. like in so many ways. You know, I could tell you heaps of different things, but I guess it's um, my biggest thing is like the the way that I speak to self to myself and how kind I am. And just the love for myself and realizing that I need to understand all those things and to be everything of that myself so I can be authentically to that for others and that it's not about what I have, it's not about what I do, but it's who am I being right now that's the most important thing for me because we can do a lot of things. I can show you, I can go out and show you what's on my... Instagram, look at me, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and show you what I'm making and all that. But, but like, and then I can have all those things, you know, like fame and popularity and all that, whatever it is that we're looking for. Mm. Um, but that's not really me being, you know, because then I'm chasing something that I want to be. I mm. want to be secure. I want to find, I want to be loved. I want to be all those things. So we do to have to be. Mm. And my, I guess my way of living is be, be you fully, be love, be secure, be honest, be um, be trusting, and then you just authentically do those things, and it mm. doesn't really, and then you just attract those things, and you don't really focus on having, because you focus on more of being. Yeah, wow. Well, so basically, you're just flipping it on its head. Yeah, just yeah. changing it. It doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't define who I. For me, just being is the most life-changing thing I've ever mm. experienced because mm. nice, I don't having things yes it's a, it can be a reflection but also I don't need all those things so whether I have it or not it doesn't define me whether I have money right now yeah I've got to pay bills and we could not be working for three months we don't know but I'm I'm connected to it but I'm not attached to it mm. doesn't define me yeah focusing on just doing what you can with what you got right now yeah, and appreciate what I have. Mm. I've got a house. I've got a computer in front of me. I've got Skype. I'm talking to people. Um, man, there's so many things to be appreciative of. You know, I know people, and I hear this a lot. People sometimes message me and ask me, like, what if there isn't anything to appreciate in your life? And I go, well, do you have five fingers? <laughs> Are Some you breathing? <laughs> do you have Do you have breath? Like, even bringing it back to like, you know, meditating sometimes, like just being connected to my breath. Like, holy crap. Mm. like our breath is so so damn important like just having being connected and grounded in the gratitude of like I can breathe like wow like that's something to be grateful for Mm. like you've got a bed like you can get up and you can eat food like there's people that don't have that 
Yeah, 100%. You know, and I guess just bringing it, bringing it back and then it just slowly starts, that practice of gratitude just starts mm. moving forward and you're just like, heck, look at my life. Like, this is amazing. Like, I've just gone to prison and I got sent back to a country I didn't really want to go back to. But man, my life is incredible. I've got my own business. I'm doing something that I love, doing full-time mm. photography. Like, I've got healthy relationships. Like, I'm meeting incredible people like yourself mm. and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm happy and I love myself more and more each day and I'm so grateful. And it's like, like yeah, I can just flip it and go, man, my life sucks. I went to prison. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to face anxiety, you know. Like you put it that way. Everyone's being shit to me, and you know, like what you focus on will multiply. Yeah, it really, it's so true. And so I guess my focus is in a selfish way myself because then I can't really be. I can't really discover, experience my true self if I'm not really being myself. Yeah. Wow, dude, super, yeah. super inspired by your story. And yeah, I think, I guess it's the key takeaways with this whole concept of turning a mess into a message is one to take total responsibility no matter how shitty the circumstances get yeah. you know sitting lying in a prison in the fetal position here in the locks go <laughs> and wondering <laughs> what's going to happen next <laughs> to uh and in, i guess encompass encompassing that idea of responsibility with with gratitude as well right yeah over everything wow well, man i guess yeah what a story very very inspired bro really thank you man and i guess this this concept of turning a mess in, into a message by doing this by essentially allowing all of your problems and your failures to become fuel to you know put out better vibes to the world by first yeah. putting better vibes in yourself has that had a flow-on yeah. effect and you mentioned oh. your relationships but in terms of your business and in terms of your self-development in terms of the people around you and the friends you choose like has it had a flow-on effect or do you think it's just mainly a personal uh massively bro like it's um yeah it, it's crazy because uh i really like i guess my search for identity was i'd always wanted to be something you know um years ago i'd share stuff on facebook or around things I was learning, which was cool. Uh, I was just looking to find my identity. Um, and as I, I guess I'm, I've been trying to find my message. And so I would share things, share experiences and that kind of things. And realizing that I am the message mm. is that I don't need to blast who I am to the world. Maybe I do, but I, the, the need or yeah, the need, I don't need to. And so that I, every time I wake up, I'm the message and that I have a message for myself and for other people, but to continue developing my message and knowing that uh, as I have faced and looked at and healed parts of my life, um, your energy changes, right? Like when you hang out with people that are super needy, you feel their energy. Like they just want to take everything that you got. And you know, um, I'm, I, I empathize with those people, and and you know, um, because they feel like like I was myself. I need something to make me feel something, and I guess you are everything that you need to be right now. You you got all the answers. You are the message that you've been looking for. And I guess my work has changed, um, and now attracting because I've had to learn new communication strategies around like the way that. I would talk about money. I would hate asking for invoices or mm. I would do things, oh, I'd just do it cheap. And it's like, no, nah, like I have something that is, is a value for somebody else. And if they don't see that value, that's okay. Like I treat business as exactly a reflection of what it's like for my relationships. Mm. As I've had less crap and things in my relationships, my business has changed mm. because it's a relationship. I'm, I'm not, for me, I'm not my business. I'm growing a business and we're separate, but we're connected. And so um, I guess that my energy has changed when I get up in the morning. It's the less of, oh, I need to make money today. It's like, cool, who can I connect with you today? Mm. And who can I build a relationship with, with today? Oh, but I need to get money. It's like, no, you don't. 
like, oh, but I need to do this. No, I don't need to do anything in my life. Like, just be. That's all I got to do. And then, I, because if I'm being a connector, then I'm doing connection. And then that can lead on to having jobs. Mm. And I guess my the people that I've been working with are super, um, like incredible people. And so it's massively changed my energetic um, presence um, because when you show up to a job or you, you're meeting someone or you're networking, whatever that looks like, I I tell them what I do and I, I don't and I know they need me for their for their business mm. like. And I know that I can support them. I know that I can help grow their business through photography or a little bit of video, whatever it is. Um, but I, I don't have to tell them that. You know what I mean? I, like, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be real. Um, and that's been a tough thing because um, that's where I've had to learn to trust myself. Because mm. I've learned to trust to be authentic in the way that I, I guess, show up. Um, because you know um, people will always remember how you made them feel they don't remember what you say yeah right. and so when I'm shooting people that's my number one thing is that uh, I leave finishing knowing that they had an incredible experience mm. and um, yeah your photos will always produce results but I think it, the way that you show up is going to produce bigger results mm. awesome yeah. wow dude very cool. Um, I guess a question for someone who's, you know, got themselves into a serious mess and, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, I don't know, relationship-wise or financially mm-hmm. or they're just in a environment which is not conducive at all to success, you know, living in a third-world yeah. country or growing up in the hood. Yeah. What would be, like, your number one message to someone like that mm. um, who feels like even after listening to this like their mess is too big to come out of mm. there's a few things I guess um, believe in something that is bigger than yourself whether that is religion whether that's love God um it helps you focus. It helps you take the focus on how big your problem is. Mm. Um, but I think it's oh man. There's so many, so many things, man. Um, Let's start with was, like the the first message. Like, mm, what what's the uh, thing that's going to start giving them that kind of one percent change? So the following day they might, you know, learn something new and change a little bit more, and then change a little bit more the next day. What's the kind of the catalyst that you think? Yeah, um, yeah. I I think I've, I think I've said it is just what is presently good that you cannot see right now, mm. and I know that's a really basic dumb thing. I think it's really like what are we what are we focusing on, and um, that does shift your energy and it does shift your emotion. But gratitude um, is is everything, like. Gratitude, gratefulness, like there's even a Bible scripture um, that says uh, we enter his, into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I, I look at that and I'm like, man, just even understanding being thankful allows us to enter into something or enter into God, whatever that is, but enter into love of things that we've never experienced. And like just being thankful and having that the attitude of gratitude, but having literally having the <laughs> attitude of gratitude will literally allow you to start to feel and change your mental and your emotional state. Mm. And when you're in that, I guess, those tough times, um, that's what needs to start shifting to allow you to, I guess, make, make the change. Um, and if you're struggling with what to be grateful for, um, I would start to look in the mirror. Oh, I'm ugly. No, just like start, just stop, slow down, and just just start to be like, what is presently good that I cannot see right now? And just mm. keep asking yourself that question. Every time something not so good happens or something bad happens, what is presently good right now that I cannot see? There is always something good, mm. but we're not willing to see it or discover it to find out that gold nugget. It might be a speck of light, but it might be that speck of light that you need 
to allow you to transition into something different. Yeah, wow. Change, I guess, just changing that focus from the negative to the positive in the form of gratitude is, yeah, in itself will open so many more doors, and oh, those absolutely. doorways will lead to things like taking responsibility and growing confidence and yeah, networking and love and empathy and all that kind of. Yeah, well, I agree. Mm. Um, yeah, man, a couple more things to. to mm-hmm. It's been an hour, solid. Yeah, um, you can go for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's easy when you start talking, right? Yeah. I guess a couple of things uh, before we we wrap up. I guess is yeah. Where to next for you? You've kind of got yourself to this point now where you're actually able to step back and, uh, you know, say, okay, like my life is, you know good now i can be grateful for all these things i've mm-hmm. got out of these messes i'm able to start sharing my message where to now like do you do you have any plans of where you where you want to take yourself and the direction you want to go or yeah totally um uh, so to grow my business mm-hmm. um and so i live in christchurch new zealand um my um, desire i guess my goal in that is to be um, one of the top photographers here in Christchurch mm-hmm. um, to keep working on my craft and my skill um, and I guess uh, to make or yeah to make lots of money so I can um, uh, give back and so I, want, I my desire is to really create um, community in a creative world and um, to really give back the things that I've learned because I guess some people are like have told me like my photography's changed a lot and um and my biggest thing of why i guess my skills have gotten better is because i've healed myself mm. or i've gotten healed and some people might think well that sounds a bit weird like how do you get better but actually it grows your awareness mm. and you see things you do not see and so is to continue my journey of um discovering myself and becoming more aware and i know as i do that that'll transform everything of my life and so um yeah it's to to grow my business but also like um yeah i i i yeah i want to create a, a a community where people are connected and i'm all about celebrating other people and and um uh yeah allowing them to see their amazingness and their beauty um so like it's a community and a culture that i want to build around my business and around um myself and relationships and things um and obviously go traveling again yeah <laughs> to not go not go to jail uh, my goal is actually to go back to the states like that's mm. really what i want to do yeah um and how i get there i'm not worried about that i know it's going to happen um just, and yeah i guess just keep spreading um love and goodness in my life cool man I have no doubt in my mind that you'll reach all of those and more. Oh, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Um, you've come through some shit for sure, but wow. <laughs> what, a, what a view on the other side. Yeah, for um, sure. I guess one last thing to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned through failure so far? So the one single lesson, and I guess the message that you would impart on someone who's going through that same kind of shit. So through that failure, the message that you've learned? Yeah. Um, that I never fail. Oh, wow, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? Um, I don't fail. I make choices that have different results. Mm. Um, whether we call it good or failure or a mistake, I never have made a mistake in my life. It's, it has only been results of choices that I've made, which has allowed me to choose or see something different I couldn't see before. So we go, well, it's a negative thing and like these bad things happen. Yes, they were. Was it a mistake? Right at the moment, yes. But right now, no, because it taught me everything of who I am. It taught me life lessons. And so I... At the time, did I think I was a failure? Yes. Am I a failure? Did I make fails? In some ways, yes, but it didn't really fail because look at me now. Mm. So I guess that 
the, the view and the way that I look at um, the old negative Nancy's or the things that have happened is that actually I've learned to lean into those moments is actually like I kind of go and I still face things that that suck and that don't, things that don't work out I've I guess I look at it now and go wow like what I'm excited for the growth of this moment right now mm. so if you go through a breakup like this is an exciting time for you right now if you're losing your business this is an exciting time for you right now and you're like no it's not I've lost everything no, you haven't. You haven't lost yourself. You haven't lost your ability to think. You haven't lost your ability to be able to create. Mm. And so it's just that it's a challenge because we've got to change our, um, our mind and our view on what's happening externally. So then that allows, I guess, for me to go, what am I attached to? And so what can I now create? And I've got some things that I'm excited that I'm going to be creating soon. So, like, you know, um, I guess I... I yeah, I, I understand your question, but I just, I don't think, for me, personally, I don't think I've failed. It's just an just, I've experienced right? life that's been real shit and real amazing. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, I guess, the lesson there that you've learned is that it's not failure, it's just another opportunity, right? Yeah. Every adversity that we face, every mess that we face in our life is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for healing. It's an opportunity to have a courageous conversation with someone. It's an opportunity to create something new. It's an opportunity to look at ourselves. It's an opportunity to sit and be still. It's an opportunity to um, go and do something. Mm. You know, there's so many things that we can do. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm looking at this opportunity right now, like this with this COVID-19. And I'm learning to create and do something because I've got zero work because I lost all my work. So mm. I'm excited. But is it is it real? Is it is it tough? Yeah, it's real. But it's like I guess that's what I'm focusing. I'm not like avoiding because I'm very connected to that. Mm. But I just I'm just you know I, I'll sit with it, but I'll also be in a space of like I'm creating something. You know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, man. <laughs> thanks for sharing really super inspired um and i guess if anyone wants to connect with you is there yes. a specific way they can do that or yeah you can hit me up on my facebook my name is jared j-a-r-e-d and my surname is yowood yowood y-e-o-w-a-r-d or you can hit me up on my instagram at i am jared yowood cool. so that's just dm or whatever but um yeah yeah, nice. If you like, I'll just link that in the description. Yeah, I'll get your, yeah, your details and link it in there, bro. Awesome, so, man. Uh, I was going to say something. Yeah. Um, I have been massively inspired by you also and so impressed about the content that you and your bro continually deliver. Um, oh, thanks, I man. love how real you are on um, social media, how honest and how just authentic you are as well. Um, and how you show up in this, I guess, Instagram thing, you know, but just your, uh, yeah, it's just, it's encouraging. I've, I've, it's been so cool to see your, your guys' work develop, see you guys travel, and um, how much you guys show up in a way to be there for the rest of the world, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just super encouraging, and I encourage you guys just to keep going um, because, um yeah, yeah. People are listening, and people are watching, even when you don't think they are, and they might not say something. But I just want to say I appreciate you, mm. Jack, and just the work that you continue to do, and to the community that you're creating. And just, I just want to honour you, that bro. Thanks so much, man. Have me in the Yeah, got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been cool to connect, man. It's been real good. <laughs>